Do the last thing God told you. A lot of times we can find ourselves, myself included, lost, confused, uncertain, especially when it comes to the future and what may be happening next in our lives, which oftentimes leaves us with a lot more questions than answers. And when the path to come seems unclear, blurry, and not even in sight, it's easier for us to like guess what we believe to be the next move than wait for the right answer. But even if it feels like God isn't speaking, there's something that he's already said. And I have a tendency to forget or not hold on to the last directive that God gave me. And what I found is sometimes our confusion doesn't come from the fact that we can't see what's next, but because we've lost sight of what we need to be doing right now. So do the last thing God told you. Because sometimes it feels like we're always looking for the new thing or what's next and something fresh when God has already gave us direction we've yet to take action on. And we have to understand and what I've learning is God never skips steps. And we have a tendency to want to skip steps in our obedience or the levels that we need to go through in our process or our journey or our purpose. Um, But the key to the next level is mastering the one that we're at right now. We serve a God of principle and promise. He doesn't act on like emotion or what we think is best. Something that we've mentioned before, and I'll say again, is the fact that like he sees what we don't and he acts accordingly. And this is very infamous like parable that's mentioned in Matthew 25. And it's a verse coming off the parable of the talents. And it says, his master replied, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful with a few things. I will make you in charge of many things. Come and share in your master's happiness. And this really highlights the point of there is no shortcut to what's next. There is no fast track to what you see happening or what you want to take place in your life. It's all by principle of management of what's right now. And I think the key to that is faithful, right? Like the question I'm asking myself and I always have to examine when it comes to my heart and the resistance I may be giving God is, am I being faithful right now, right? The faithful servant unlocks the next level. The faithful servant is who is blessed and can get more of what God wants from them. And I was looking up faithful, right, to really understand like what this means, what it encompasses, all that it defines. And what I found was to be faithful is to be reliable, steadfast, and unwavering. And the Bible speaks of this type of faithfulness in four ways, as an attribute of God, as a positive characteristic of some, as a characteristic that many people lack, and as a fruit of the Holy Spirit. And so in these moments, the challenge is always faithfulness, and that is always the key. So when we're looking at the door that we want to get into next, that we're looking at and we know is ahead, right? The one thing that always is necessary is to stay steadfast, unwavering, and reliable to what he's saying like right now. Yeah, I love I love how you brought up the word faithful and specifically the word like steadfast stood out to me as well. Um, and when I was just thinking about myself and moments and times in my life where I had this feeling of just like, yo, 
what's next, God? I need a new word. I need a new direction. I just feel lost. I don't know what to do. If someone asked me how I felt in those moments or if I had to describe how I felt, I would say restless. And I think that's that's a part of what feeds into it. Like it's, it's really at the root of it is restlessness. Um, and the reason why I brought up the word faithful is because God was also showing me that in those moments, it was also just a part of it was the fact that I didn't know how to commit. And that's a very important part of your walk is like you have to commit to God's word and his command. You have to be committed more to the last thing that he told you than your comfort. You have to be more committed to his word than your entertainment because sometimes it feels boring and it feels mundane. It's like, yo, it's the same thing over and over again. And then and even a part of it in, in moments of my life, it's like I confused commitment for stagnation. And it's like, mm-hmm. and it's like, God, I, at first it felt like commitment. You told me to do it and I started doing it. And then I did it for a year. I did it for some months. And it's just like, dang, like, am I being stagnant? I just feel like I should be doing more. There should be more, more movement. And I think even like people be talking like, what's the motion? Like, what's the move? And I think even a part of that's deliberate. I think in the culture, like they're pushing us to have this mindset that there always has to be something new, like a new move, mm-hmm. new motion. So anytime that you're committed to God's word and the last thing he told you, it feels like you're going against everything that the culture is trying to train you to, to think like, like, yo, I just been sitting at the same job, the same position, doing the same thing. Like God, what's next? You know, like, like what's, what's new. Um, but that's the, that's the part you have to be committed to his word. And I was also reading in, um, Exodus. I've been reading Exodus and I've been looking at the life of Moses. And this is something that this concept of like time frames between like transitions in like major, it's not even just Moses, but like major figures in the Bible. There was always just like time frames in between the promise or the thing that they were called to do and kind of like that waiting, that waiting stage. And that's something that you also see in the life of Moses. So when he's 40, right, I'm going to kind of paraphrase a little bit. When he was 40, that's when he killed the Egyptian right? Because he was fighting one of, one of the Israelites and he had to flee because the people found out. He was like, oh, I got to run. Like I, like the, the king's about to kill me. Pharaoh's about to kill me. I got to run. So he runs. He goes out to this desert in Midian. He meets this girl. He marries her. He's out there for 40 years. Like, yo, like he's out there for 40 years. It says he has two kids. He, he, he marries this woman and he's a shepherd. So he's out there every day taking care of this flock for 40 years before God called him, calls him back to go save his people out of Israel. And I think when I used to read the Bible, I just did, I wasn't intentional about recognizing stuff like that. It's kind of just like, oh, the next chapter kind of happened. So I guess that's just, you know, the, the way of the events. But no, you have to keep in mind, like that was 40 years that he was out there doing that. And I think to me, that showed such a commitment to the, to just I guess this idea of the process, right? And until God gave him a word and told him to move, he was there, right? He was he was moving on God's word, but since God hadn't told him to do nothing, he was out there for 40 years. And, and the crazy part about it is I even noticed like a type and shadow, like in him being committed to that, to that moment until God told him to move, he was a shepherd, like I said, and he was a shepherd of his father-in-law's flock. So he was being a shepherd of a flock that wasn't his own. So it's like when God called him to go save the Israelites, he was also being a shepherd of sheep that weren't his own. This was God's people, but he was shepherding them and he was leading them. So I even noticed that little type of parallel and type of shadow, which was so fire to me, but him being committed to that 40 years kind of, obviously there's a difference between like literal sheep and and people, Mm -hmm. but 
I think there's certain things that he learned in those 40 years being committed. Um, so I think to me that that perfectly embodied this idea of like the importance of being committed to God's word. 40 years. Of course. Yeah. And sometimes it really just feels as if you've hit a plateau when it comes to maybe your relationship with God, your obedience or your progress, because as you mentioned, this commitment, faithfulness, stance of being unwavering can oftentimes look like, feel like, and resemble being stagnant right. because it doesn't seem as if God is putting his hand on the work that is happening right mm -hmm. now. And that is, to say the least, frustrating, it's irritating, it's discouraging, and it keeps you, or rather had you in the mindset of like wanting to quit and right. have a premature departure from purpose and what you are genuinely called to do because you're looking at everything, you know, you're doing the right thing. Right. This is what God has called you to do. And now it's all right. What's next? What is going to happen mm -hmm. now? And we can sometimes buy into this lie that, since we don't feel like there's any progression forward that is not the right path. Right. We're on we're on the wrong path. And it's like, oh well, mm -hmm. did God really say this? Mm -hmm. Was mm -hmm. this really the call? Was this what I was genuinely supposed to do? Because naturally, if it is him, right, this should have some exponential growth. Right. There should be some fruit that's coming from the seeds that are planted that he gave you mm -hmm. and i know that's why this is something that's been of study for myself and a thought and idea i've had to reinforce because that's what it feels like most definitely and you know it's just like re reminding yourself of all right whatever god sees Right. He acts accordingly on. Right. And continuing to stay faithful because the the one thing the enemy wants to most is for you to lose hope and that optimism that you have in God pulling through and your ability to do what like you're in right now. Yeah. But if you know and you're sure and it is very clear that it is what God wants, right, at some point the faithfulness is the test. Like that's the the that's the fruit that's meant to be built. That is the lesson that is need to like you need to learn. Like when it seems like he isn't changing anything around you, that is typically a sign that he has to change something in you. Mm -hmm. And so sometimes like that frustration that we have is an opportunity to practice this faithfulness and patience and just trust right to find joy yeah. independent of said progress that we think we should have and so i believe that is so important and something like i'm needing to hear now is understanding you know faithfulness and, and what it is it isn't anything it's not being stagnant um and you haven't hit a plateau, right? It's mm -hmm. um, maybe just a call to progress, like for something internally. Yeah, 
in what you just said, I was reminded of the fact that like God's always moving. It was at the top of your point. And I was thinking about this idea of how we talk about how life is like a journey. It's a path. So it's like when you feel like you're not walking, you're not taking steps, it's disorienting because it's like I should be moving like there should be movement. And like I was alluding to earlier talking about how, you know, what's the people talking about? What's the motion and what's the move and how we feel like we're always supposed to be moving. Um, and I had wrote something down earlier in my notes, but a part of it didn't sit right with me because I was like, ah, I don't I don't know if this makes sense. And I don't know if this if this is like correct or what I'm really trying to say, but I'm glad I still wrote it down because I'm just going to put a twist on it. What I had wrote down, I said the journey doesn't always require movement, but that's just not true. What I'm really getting at is the fact that like the motion is God's like when, when, wow. when you're in this place where you committed to the last thing he told you to do, you feel like you're stagnant. You feel like, ah, oh, dang, I'm, I'm committed. But it's like, y'all, what, where's the motion at? It was like, <laughs> God, this is a path. Like we're supposed to be moving on this journey. And right. God's like, the motion is mine. <laughs> the motion What's the motion? What's the move? The motion is mine. Like, don't worry about it. And I'm so glad, like I kept that written down because it, it made me think of it. But like, yeah, sometimes that's what it is. And that, no, that's really always what it is. The word says mm-hmm. that he's always working. He's always moving on our behalf. Like he never ceases 24-7. He's moving. The motion is his. So if you're someone who's in a place where you you feel exactly what we're talking about, and even if it comes up in the future, like hopefully this gets brought back to remembrance that the motion is God's. And 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 you have to remember that. Um, but something else I was thinking about with this conversation is comparison is huge. And it's something that I've been talking about with the culture and how people are saying what's the move like comparison i mean we, we've had an episode about it talking about how like comparison is a thief and it, and it steals not just joy but a lot of things and that also feeds into this conversation and the restlessness as well i've been in moments in my life where i've been so content where i was at and it's like a and it oh you know what's so funny it always happens around the time where like august when people are going back to school <laughs> Mm. it's so funny bro it's so funny and i'm That's glad i got brought because it's like i'll be so content where i'm at like god i'm you know i'm doing the podcast like you know i got my job like i'm doing the last thing you told me to do cool like I'm, I'm patient here and then i see people go off go off to campus and they they move in you know what i'm saying they shaking they showing ah they hanging they, you know, up at the campus they doing things and it's like right that's that's the perception in my mind and then immediately i get restless god why aren't you telling me to do nothing? What's right. the move? What like tell me like what's the next command? And it's like that's why I think comparison it's so dangerous because that's that's what it does. It even pushes you into this place of restlessness. So you always have to be guarding guarding your mind in that aspect as well because it, because it's dangerous. I'm I'm telling you, like I tell you, every it never fails. Every year around the time people go, yeah. Oh, and I'm glad that you mentioned that because I found myself. I think that's when this idea or concept of comparison maybe it, it blooms and just um begins to grow the most mm-hmm. is when you're in this particular moment in time when you feel like in not there's nothing happening for you mm-hmm. and you look and you feel as if there is motion for everyone <laughs> That's else what I'm right Right. And that because at, at like, you know, you do find yourself in a place where you've maybe come to a moment in time where you've accepted the, what it you no, know, where you're at, like mm-hmm. the faithfulness to this like directive and to God. And then like you'll see something that then tries to like disrupt you or create that resistance mm-hmm. that, you know, that you, that you once had um, the resistance to the peace that you had. And I know I've that's happened to me a few times of just like 
just scrolling through Instagram and social and seeing people who are my age in the same particular field yeah. or industry. And it seems as if, man, like they've hit this place of growth, which is amazing. Right. And, and I sure. love, and I'm commending and I'm congratulating, but simultaneously there is this thought of, wow, like when is it my turn? Like, has God forgotten about me? Mm-hmm. You know, like, okay, like, is this all that there is? Is this the 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 plateau like yeah. of what it's supposed to be? So that makes that makes that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, and so I, t- I talked about how I was reading in Exodus, but I'm also reading in Acts at the same time. I'm going like you know back and forth between the two. I'm flirting with both of them. Um, that's crazy, but uh, I don't know why I said that, but. So I was thinking about this conversation in the context of the life of Paul. And I was really, I've always really heavily felt like um, drawn towards Paul, like in just his life and his journey. It's just always stood out to me. And I was really thinking about it. And I just feel like this, what we're talking about, like this restlessness and, the, and this worry of like, God, what's the next move? What do I do next? I've been here for too long. All of these thoughts. I just feel like this is something that I I've, I've, don't see in his journey really um yeah like i I don't see it and there was also even a specific instance that i want to bring up in in acts it's in acts um 18 i believe but essentially what happened was paul had went to um paul had went to the church in corinth he starts preaching the gospel and i'm giving y'all the revised version but he starts preaching the gospel and essentially what happens is they oppose him right they you know there's some friction and and he says you know what he dusts himself off. He says, I'm going to go preach to the Gentiles. Your blood be on your own hands. I did my job. Cool. I'm leaving. So he goes to this dude's house for the night, right? He's about to leave that next morning. I'm talking about his back, his pack. God comes to him in a vision. He says, essentially, and like I said, I'm paraphrasing. <laughs> you go read it for yourself. Um, but he says, stay here. He's like, I, I will provide for you. This is where you're supposed to be, right? So God gives him the vision, vision that night. And then it says that he ends up staying there for a year and a half. Right. So we're talking about a man who was about to leave, pack up his bags and leave this place, go somewhere else different entirely. And God told him to gave him a command to do this. And he did it. No, no second thought, no second question. And I just feel like that perfectly embodies the life of Paul. He was he was committed to God's command, which is essentially what we're talking about in this conversation is being committed to the last thing God told you to do, being committed to the direction that he's giving you. And I feel like that was Paul. He embodies this conversation. Um and I kind of thought, and I and I thought about, okay, why is that? Like, why was Paul? What what made it that? What made it possible for Paul to be so steadfast, committed to God's word? And um, I got brought to something I mentioned in a previous episode about like selfishness and how some of us are more dedicated and committed to, and and we desire a word from God more than God Himself. Um, and it's like out of out of a selfishness, it's like I want to have it all figured out. It's like, it's like me, I, I want to be here. I want to be there. I want to be there. And I I just remembered in Acts 20, 24, Paul literally says, I consider my life of no value. And I think that was the root of such contentment was like, he was humble and he was, he had his priorities straight. Like he, his number one priority was simply God's command, God's will, his relationship with God, right? What he wanted, his desire was on the bottom of the food chain. And I think that's what fed into it. It's like he, he was he was less concerned with figuring the path out and and 
more in love with the fact that God was on the path with him. Like that was more, he said, count it all joy when you face suffering of all kinds. I think a part of that was he, he was so humble. He didn't care about his life. Right. But in a, in the best way, right. In the best way possible. He cared about God, the fact that God was walking with him through the path and that God was directing him and that God was guiding him. So I think that plays into it as well. You have to have your priorities, right? Do I care more about the word? Do I care more about the path and having it all figured out than I care about God? Because that's where I think some of us are. Yes. And that definitely just plays into what I had down that I wanted to really speak to next. And it all I, all I say is God really is everything we need. And if we can get there, then there isn't as much restlessness, frustration, or irritation in moments in time where it feels like we're in the mundane aspect or portion of our obedience. You know, something I heard a really long time ago was just having obedience in the mundane. And it, it was so powerful to just, you know, understanding the faithfulness to be committed. And shout out to my girl. She recently just sent me this from a word she heard and it just made so much sense in this. And it basically was speaking to the fact that God always gives us an invitation to see what only he can do. And it's like an act of choice in your heart to trust in what God says rather than what you currently see right now. Right. Um, which of course, as we're speaking to can be so hard in times um, of need or when you are expecting something, but keeping in mind that um, faithfulness is the fight and the call is to walk by our faith Mm -hmm. in his character and who he is and what he has done and will continue to do rather than what's in front of us right now. In a verse that, um, in a verse that came up was in Hebrews 11, three, and it says by faith, we understand that the universe was created by the word of God so that, what is seen was made out of things that are visible. And if we desire to please God, we have to live by faith and not by the sight we have right now. And so, yeah, I think these moments are just invitations like from God Mm -hmm. to be like, sit back and see what I do Mm -hmm. instead of, like I mentioned at the top of just trying to try like figure it out all yourself. Like it's easier for us to try and like make a move, get ourselves motion than to wait for that right answer. Right. Like what is we're actually called to do and what's next. And so, yeah, I think my thing is like, just continue to be encouraged, allow God to do what he does um, and find that joy in right now to whatever capacity that looks like, because what the enemy wants And what I've been reminded of so much lately is he wants us to lose hope because when we don't have hope, like we don't have anything. So when Mm -hmm. it seems as if our purpose, what we're called to, like we're not making an impact, we don't have any influence, we are of no value, we're not um, making progress in this area that we feel like we're supposed to be giving to the world and the culture to advance the kingdom. Like that's what he wants to squeeze us out of the position that we're in. But we have to hold on to what that thing is that we talk about all the time and it's faith. Right. 
um, no premature death and not just in a physical aspect. I'm talking about in a spiritual context. What the enemy want is premature deaths of purpose. And this happens in this process when we forget the last thing God told us and it, it seems so blurry um, in the midst. So no more. And the irony, I was actually just listening to a clip by Tim Ross and the interview he did with Darius Daniels. And he was speaking about this, that the fight is faithfulness. And at some point, as you continue to stay committed, you find a lesson in what is keep your eyes on him, you know, six months, 12 months, things God ultimately will have, God will eventually breathe on what it is you're doing and the work that is. And all of a sudden there's this big jump and blessings, opportunities, open doors, relationships, and people around you are asking like, oh my goodness, what changed? What did you do? And you're like, I did the same thing. Mm. There was nothing different. Yeah. What was the secret? I stayed faithful. Mm. And that is, that will be the story. Yeah. And, and that is the, um, that is the result. Is yeah. that like I, I I stayed faithful, and and, and that's it. That's it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm just I'm just reminded of something we've talked about before, and just a lesson I'll never forget that I heard way back. I don't even remember when this was. I probably mm-hmm. 15. Uh, just about like God doesn't God get, doesn't give you what you ask for. He gives you what you can manage. So the importance of like managing what you have now to get more. And I think that's a part of the commitment, like you committing to the last thing God told you to do and being faithful to that is showing him that you're managing it well and that you can manage more. So that also plays into this conversation is just keeping that in mind, too. I'm being faithful and I'm managing this now. He'll put me in charge of more. That's it. Yeah. No premature death. Faithfulness is the fight. The motion is God's. <laughs> Fact. The motion is God is God's. Yeah. Um, and it shall come to pass every promise and everything yeah. that he's called, um, especially as we know when he has his hand on it. And it's what he said. Like it, it, there only has to be fruit, blessings and abundance as the result, no matter in what time frame that looks like. Yep. So, and y'all know. So just stay you, stay real and stay humble. Much love. <laughs>